events home and away in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear about the regional game from a couple of Wales internationals shortly, but of course we'll start down under and Wales have arrived for the Women's Rugby World Cup, kicking off next month. A week of acclimatisation, getting back into training and getting ready for that all-important opener against Scotland. We can hear from a couple of the most experienced players now, both getting ready for their fourth major rugby event. First wing Jazz Joyce, undoubtedly one of the stars of the world game, thanks to her sevens exploits, two Olympics, and also she played in the last 15's Rugby World Cup. So, how's she looking forward to this one? Yeah, fantastic. I was lucky enough to go to the one in 2017 in Ireland. Um, bit of a different place in New Zealand, never been. A lot of the girls are excited and everything like that, but the easy part's done now. We've been selected. It's now going on to, to put in some good performances out there in New Zealand. How different a squad is this one to the one in 2017? Yeah, it's massively different. Probably a handful of us went to the last one. I think it is a new squad. There's exciting girls coming through, bundle of energy, which is what we need. And, but then we've also got girls that have been to four World Cups, which can bring the experience, can, can let us know how to best prepare for games, or, but also best prepare for actually being away for, for six weeks as well. The eight months of professionalism, how long is around there? How much difference does it make? Oh, massive amounts of difference. We go on about having time to prepare and be the best athlete we can, but we've also got staff in place, like a nutritionist, who's helped us massively. We've got multiple physios, which we can have on hand if we need treatment. We've had a psychologist in place. We've got everything in place now to be the best rugby players we can so really excited to go out there and actually perform on a world stage with all the experience and the time we've had together. The World Cup's the pinnacle, the Olympics is the pinnacle, how much can you sort of bring that sort of big championship experience to everyone because you've experienced that sort of level 2016 and 2021? Yeah I'm lucky enough that I have been to, to Olympics and World Cups and so are the other girls but I think my best advice or things I can bring to the party is just to enjoy and embrace every moment. I think Sometimes you're in a World Cup, you're in New Zealand, it, it can be flustered, you can be overwhelmed, but I think we've got to go into it with enjoying and embracing every moment, whether that's a good moment or a bad moment, whatever it is, we learn from it. The happier we are, more relaxed we are on the pitch and the better we'll perform. You've had a couple of games, you had surgery in the summer, how are you? Yeah, brilliant, yeah, it's like I've never had surgery to be fair, so back to it. <laughs> and in terms of those games and, and in terms of how tough are they going into the tournament and how did you need those? Yeah, massively we needed them. Some girls haven't played for four or five months, so 100% needed games. I think we learn a lot on and off the pitch as a team in Canada. We don't normally go away for a week at a time with 15s. It's normally travel to Ireland, Scotland, Italy, France for one or two days for a Six Nations game. So to go away for a week was massive for us. We learned so much as individuals, how we best prepare to play for a game when we've been together for a week, but also off the pitch as as an environment and our culture-based things have been, yeah, we've just learned so much about each other. And what can we expect in this world side in New Zealand? Yeah, it's an exciting time. We've got some real exciting players coming through and being professional has given us then that edge to work on things that maybe we wouldn't have had time to do if we weren't professional. So we are going to be in the best place possible as individuals go into this. We're going to be the strongest we've been, fittest we've been, fastest we've been. It's then we have to put this collectively together to put out good performances out in New Zealand. Six weeks together, that's going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah, six weeks, yeah, it is going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> 
week was tough enough, but no, like we learned so much, like I've said, in Canada about each other, about our culture, and we came away from Canada with some real good values that we will breed through, through and through New Zealand. Six weeks is going to be a long time, but we've got to enjoy and embrace the moment. If things are getting too hard, we'll always have families out there as well, so we'll have time to go and see family, we'll have time to go to our rooms, but we're living the dream. What more do you want? Going to New Zealand, being a professional rugby player. We always find stars emerging in World Cup tournaments and we, there are great moments. And we've been waiting for that great moment from you in recent <laughs> times. But the ball doesn't quite seem to get you at the moment. <laughs> no. forwards are getting so much stronger and they want it all the time. But are we going to see a bit more expansive expression as the coach is talking about? Yeah, definitely. I think we've, again, we're full-time now, so we can practice on and learn new skills such as catch pass everything like that which is seems a basic skill but the more and more you do it the easier it becomes in games decision making more you do it easier it becomes in games so yeah I want ball in my hand and I think we're definitely trying to get touches on the ball as a as back three players so yeah hopefully us as as a back line can light up the World Cup. Speed wise do you think you've got back to where you were after the yeah. surgery? Yeah to be honest I actually don't feel like I've been injured I only had about three weeks off to recover and actually make sure that it didn't get infected and things like that. But other than that, it's a good op to come back from. Yeah. Um, it was my shoulder. I could do loads of lower body stuff. I, I had my left hand and, yeah, definitely up to scratch. Was there a moment when you thought, oh, God, it's gone? Yeah, I'd confident I had enough time. And I think mentally myself, I'm like, regardless of, of how long it should take, I will get myself back for World Cup. Whether, it's, whether they're saying an injury takes three months and I had two months, I would get myself back for the two-month period. Because you've chased the two Olympics and, and been to those two great experiences, and this will be, I guess, the crowning glory, won't it? You know, a professional team, 15 aside, going to play in a World Cup. Yeah, fantastic. A World Cup in New Zealand, as professional rugby players, we can't ask for much more. It's going to be brilliant, and we've had professional contracts now since January, so, yeah, really excited to see what this, this group of girls can do in a World Cup, like you say, a pinnacle of your sport as professional athletes. Despite the scoreline against England, there seems to be growth in all sectors of the game. See the unit skills coming through, and it's a bit of a phony war, a friendly like that. It'll be different than you see the choice. Yeah, we had obviously two games leading into the World Cup, top four teams in the world against Canada and England. Yeah, they were tough games, but there's so much more positives from that. And Year two years ago, the scoreline would have been a lot different. So I know we're still losing, but there's so much more positives to take from the games. So who's doing the tunes on tour? Tunes. Um, Gwen Crab would like me to say Gwen Crab, but I'm going to go with Cecilia. <laughs> right. Uh, what's the motivational song at the moment before you go out? What, what are you What are you playing? Um, there's lots of different songs at the moment. Man, I feel like a woman is up there with one of them, and it'll remix. Yeah. But we're thinking of some sort of Welsh song that. It's going to be our song going into the World Cup, which we haven't quite come to terms with yet. Amara Heath, come into the equation yet? Definitely, yeah. That was our, our World Cup song five years ago, so that's definitely a song that potentially yeah. we'd be looking to play and, and sing, yeah. Decisions, decisions. But a few more days to decide. One player heading for her fourth World Cup and not sure she'd make it at one point is outside half Eleanor Snowsill. I don't know, it feels like a bit of a relief, to be honest with you. It's been a long five years and, you know, there's probably points over those five years where I thought I might not make it to this World Cup. So to finally be sat here is a relief. And again, it's always an honour. 
this World Cup out in New Zealand. We've never had one, well, since I've been playing, we haven't had one in the Southern Hemisphere, so I think it's going to be an incredible place to go. They're like us, rugby's in their blood, so uh, I'm really looking forward to the whole experience of it, to be honest. A lot of eyes on this time more so than ever before. Biggest women's World Cup ever. Yeah, I think every single World Cup I've been a part of, the attention and, and hype around it has tripled every time especially sort of you know going from 2010 into 2014 I think this one is like you said it's, it's gonna probably quadruple because it's been a longer gap and I think over Covid I just think social media really threw our game forward I don't know how or why but it did and and we've come out of Covid and and now a lot more of our even just our club games are being streamed which makes a huge difference we're getting more numbers down to watch us for club and country. England are obviously paving the way and, and on their record winning streak. So all these different things, even England winning the, the football with the Euros, all that sort of just builds together to create more hype and, and that's only a good thing in my eyes. And in terms of preparation, how different is it this time around? <laughs> yeah, so different this time around. A world apart. I just can't explain how much more prepared I feel going into this World Cup than, than any of the others. Uh, I'm just even in a better place mentally, emotionally, physically, everything. I feel like in the time that we've had since January, I've I've had the best opportunity to sort of get myself in the best place that I can be physically and mentally, and, and we have as a squad. You're not going to have miracles overnight. It is still nine months, but I really do think we've made the most of those nine months, and, and hopefully we'll see a difference on the pitch. First up uh, in Scotland, if you win that one, you're going to put in the quarterfinals. Everything is riding on that game, which doesn't always happen in World Cups, but the way things are and the format of this World Cup is a bit different. So, yeah, it's it's a good thing for us because we know a lot about Scotland. We're used to playing them every year, but they'll be in the same position as us. Everything is riding on that game. So it's how do we manage that sort of pressure and how do we keep it cool on the pitch? Yeah, it's going to be a good one. As well, you've been working with Stephen Myler. How, how do you feel you've made progress? Yeah, I think from the two warm-up games that we've had against Canada and England, um, I think our exits have improved. We've kicked through 10 more. It's given me the confidence to kick more. I've, I've relaxed more. And even just having the time to focus, you know, an hour a week to focus on kicking has made a huge difference. And he's given me some tips. And it's just nice to speak to someone who's in the exact same position he's currently still playing. So... You know, I could speak to him and be like, oh, how do you cope with this? And what, what do you do in that in those situations? And just being able to tap into that has been invaluable. How different do you feel as a professional? Yeah, I feel like I've got an extra suit of armour. That's what just sort of came into my head because it is the preparation, isn't it? Like, preparation is everything. Physically, I feel more robust, fitter, stronger, and I am in, in my testing results and everything. But then skill-wise, I've put in so many more hours into my kicking and passing than I have ever have done before, tackling. And then just how prepared the team are, because we have so much more time together, we are more prepared. There's no excuses now, are there? It's down to you and the collective. And that must be a great way to march forward. 100%. It's, you know, I think before, so much of our energy was being drained by fighting sort of our circumstances but also just being drained by our full-time jobs that <laughs> we were still trying to balance. Yeah. Balancing family commitments, friends and, and, and everything, you know. There were no commitments to family or friends because yeah. we didn't have enough of us to separate. But So that sort of drain of our energy source, we've now got that energy and we can put that into making sure we're the best we can be in, in this moment. So you mentioned Stephen Myler, great to have his professional input and great professional. But, you know, we've seen 
Dan Bigger and James Hook and all these people go through the pressures of being the Welsh number 10. How is it for you? <laughs> Um, I think because of where our game is at the minute, probably the position is not quite as scrutinised as, as the male position is. But regardless, when you're playing 10 for any any country, any club, there's a huge pressure because you are the general in attack for your team. As teams are getting better now, you're also the one making probably the highest tackles at the minute. You know, you've got to front up physically in defence, but then also be able to cool your mind down to kick the team into the corners and, and make the decisions and, and read everything. So, yeah, there's a lot on your plate. But I think as I'm getting older, I think 10 is one of those positions that you only get good at once you've been playing for a good yeah. 10 years, you know, yeah. and with experience, hopefully you get better and better. I guess one of the things about being a professional is it's about working smarter, not harder, because you could never have worked any harder than you were doing in the first place. I thought that, but we have. have been. Really? Yeah, no, I thought when we first came in and they were like, okay, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, double days on pitch, I was like, oh my gosh. And it took time to adjust really? um, because yeah. your bodies get used to like a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday or, or a Monday, Wednesday, you know, with those days off in between. So we've had to adjust to be doing 5K on a Monday, 5K on a Tuesday, Wednesday off on the same Thursday, Friday. But you're right as well. You do have to work smarter but we've got the time to do it. Tactically and technically, you're probably a better player now, aren't you? Because of the time, you can take in all the information people are giving you, the reviews you can do, and then the practice time you can put into getting better. Yeah, I'm no longer reviewing at 10.30 at night when I've got a 6.30 alarm, you know, when you're tired and, and it's tough then, because you, if you review that late, you then can't stop thinking about it, you can't switch off and it affects your sleep. Now I can review straight after the session, lunchtime, job done that session's parked you've learned from it you've had the conversations with people and then you move on and then you're going home and you're actually resting and recovering rather than thinking about cramming in all the things you need to do can you put the day job behind you and go home and relax i think now that we've got phones and apps and stuff we can still go onto and review our trainings or our games on our yeah. phones and apps so there is the temptation if you've done something horrendous or something amazing in training and you want to watch it back or clip it and send it to someone. So it just depends. But I think the important thing is you do still have that time and energy, whereas before we were doing 16-hour days, and that's without any of the extra analysis on top. So, yeah, you do switch off. For me, a big help has been we wear these goggles every now and again. Different player has them, and then you can see the footage from the goggles. So for me as a 10, it's really helpful because I can see where I'm looking. And sometimes I'm too busy organising instead yeah. of looking in front. So those goggles have really helped me in, in terms of, you know, where am I scanning, what am I looking at, and what communication words am I using? Real visualisation, and uh, as the coach keeps saying, you know, what pictures are we seeing? I, it comes more into focus then. Yeah. yeah. What do the goggles do? They give you the film after the game? Yeah, so uh, we don't play in them, but we train in them. Yes. So they record everything that you're seeing yeah. um, and mic. So everything that you're saying. So coaches can hear, you know, what your communication is like, what small talk you're having in between plays, but also where you're scanning. You've got to be careful what you're saying. So careful. Like, I went up to one of the girls and said something to her and she was like... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the pro world. Yeah. Well, look, it's, I'm delighted to see you achieving the goal and the dream because, you know, there are a few people who thought, oh, no. She's had it now. She's gone on a bit too long. So we need a change. Sometimes people just want to change for the sake of change. Yeah. But you've battled hard. I have. I've worked hard. I, you know, I got told by a coach a year and a half ago I wouldn't make the. He didn't think I'd make the World Cup, and that did knock me a little bit. But 
and then I decided I'm not going to let him write the end of my story, you know, and I'm not going to finish on a note like that because that's what you live with for the rest of your life. So, yeah, for me, got to credit Dave in Bristol. He persuaded me to go to pre-season last year and he just said, just give me a few weeks, you'll love it. And I did. And then Johan came in and exactly the same there. I, I loved it as well. So for me, I'm so glad I didn't give up back then because I hadn't really given myself the best chance without full-time contracts. You you don't know what you can achieve, but but now I'm starting to find out and, and you know, I'm still getting better and better and I, I feel like I'm only at 60, 70% of what I could be. So age is just a number, isn't it? You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. That's Wales Women Down Under and much more to come from them on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast over the next few weeks, of course, including some extras, so keep looking out for that. But back in Wales, the BKT United Rugby Championship's been in action and there was one result which stood out at the weekend, the Dragons winning their first home game for 18 months. Hooker Bradley Roberts was at the heart of their efforts. Definitely a very exciting day for us all. I mean... After the Edinburgh game, we were all bitterly disappointed and uh, we wanted to bounce back because we know what we've got in the squad and we didn't do ourselves any justice against Edinburgh. So I think we wanted to prove to ourselves and to everyone what we are about and I think we did that well on Sunday. Foundations were laid up front as a unit with quite a few newish players in there. You seem to be clicking quite quickly on the basis of that. We've worked hard all pre-season to get that cohesiveness and Boys have really been working hard at their craft and it's starting to pay off. I mean, our line-out's been exceptional. Our line-out defence has been unbelievable. Scrum's going really well so far. So everyone's just pulling their weight and working really hard at their craft and to be better players, you know. And how are you settling in personally? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I mean, I've joined up at Celtic Manor, the golf course. I love to play golf. My day's <laughs> off and living in Newport, wake up every morning and look outside and I see Rodney Parade. So it gets me excited for the weekend. Yeah, but I'm really enjoying Newport so far. You've obviously been in the Welsh camp, but this is the first time sort of being week to week in Welsh rugby. What are you making of us all? <laughs> no, very hospitable <laughs> people. I mean... <laughs> that's the least I can say. It's, it's great to have a, a home win in front of the fans. I think we owed them one after a couple of pre-season losses. Close games. I mean, we played well, but we, we didn't get the result. And we owed them a result and we got that. And hopefully there'll be many more to come. You've got a hell of a fight for the jersey with, with Elliot. How are you enjoying that friendly rivalry? Yeah, it's pushing us both to be better players. I mean... We want what's best for the team and all as a whole. We want to be winning games. So whoever they think is the best man for the job needs to play. So it's only going to make us both better players at the end of the day. We like the competition. We both fighting for it, fighting for that number two jersey. So it's healthy competition. And what more could you ask for in a team? But you've both got international ambitions as well, haven't you? Both you and Elliot. Good form for the Dragons can only be a good thing. We both want to be in there. That's the bottom line. Everyone wants to be in there. But yeah, it's all about the performances we put in. I mean, that's at the end of the day what they're going to be looking at. And if we're both playing well, it's only going to bode well for the Dragons and bode well for our chances of being involved in the autumn. I haven't really had many opportunities with ball in hand well, as much as I'd like. I've been very active on defence, but I definitely want to look to be getting the ball more often and especially in a bit of space. That's where I, I come into my own, I think. Also just 
beating defenders. Like I th- don't think I've carried as much as I, I'd like to have, but I think that'll come once everyone starts gelling more and we find our structure and what works for us and we start playing a bit more attacking rugby and wanting to score more tries. I think winning is a habit and we need to learn how to win. Like we've, we've started winning. We need to start winning consistently. That's how you start to build belief amongst the group that you can actually win more games. And I know we can win more games. I know we have the, the quality in our squad to win games. And I know what, that we have what it takes mentally and physically to get the job done against all the teams. At the other end of the international experience scale is Osprey's flanker Dan Lydiot. Superb for Wales in South Africa in the summer after yet another comeback from injury. So, how's he finding the start of the new season? Yeah, it was nice to get 50 minutes under my belt. To be honest with you, it was a, it was a pretty stop-start affair. So, usually your first hit up, your lungs are screaming, but it was it was very stop-start. And that's, it's hard to get into a rhythm, but I dare say there'll be quite a few phases of play this uh, this weekend. So, the lungs will definitely be tested. But we've had um, a good break. The, the Ospreys looked after us with having plenty of time off and know getting back into it and getting up to speed with how everyone else is playing because there's a lot of uh, competition for place especially in the back row down here so um yeah just um fortunate to have the jersey this weekend another season for you dan uh what are the goals for the coming campaign stay fit <laughs> um to be honest with you just take each week as it comes i'm always i, I think i've said it before in, in interviews i never look too far ahead because you know, looking too far ahead seems to have come up a cropper for me in the past. So um, just hopefully enjoy my rugby, keep my head down, work hard, challenge for places. And then um, we'll just see what happens. But um, I try not to look too far ahead because, uh, you know, rugby is a, it's a traditional sport. And, you know, you could be on top form in one week and then the next week you can come a cropper. So, yeah, just uh, keep my head down and stay focused. Good to see Justin Tipperick back in the mix. Yeah, amazing. I watched the preseason game and he played against Northampton. I texted him before the game, just said, good luck. I said, like, don't worry about almost playing well, just get through the first game. And but I said, like, knowing you, you'll probably get man of the match sort of thing. And he showed it just in that first couple of touches in the game, what the man can do. So uh, no, it, we missed him. Obviously, Jack Morgan came in last year and, and was a whirlwind for us. But to have someone like uh, Tipperick um, back, as our leader and, and captain as well, it, it is brilliant. And it puts more pressure on everyone else to um, perform in training, to try and get in almost in the other slots around in the back row because he is he's a world-class player. But it's, it's nice to see him back. Almost not like a new signing, but it, like I said, it's been brilliant to have him back. And Dan, with yourself, you know, you must have been chuffed to earn a Wales recall last year. Uh, how much did you enjoy that tour? Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I... Like I said, I didn't really expect to be called up. And then when Wayne um, gave me the call, said, am I good to go? This is, you know, it's obviously something I'm not going to turn down. But, you know, from day one, getting in, in back with the squad and everyone working hard for the same goal and a good bunch of people on the tour, you always find that how well you get off the field with each other, it almost translates to how well you play for each other. And you could see the fight that, you know, if teams were breaking as everyone was, busting back to make sure they didn't score and um, I spoke to Dan Bigger um, after and, he, and uh, everyone that went on it just said uh, what a good bunch of people it was on there and obviously it was just a massive honour to wear the jersey again and have three more caps to my name so um, obviously going down there and getting a test win obviously we were disappointed with how 
the last game went in terms of results, but to, to get a, the first test win in Welsh history down in South Africa, you know, something that you can't really take away from us. So, um, no, I think uh, I think everyone enjoyed it. You were talking about how much you enjoyed the summer tour, but just wondering where our second test in particular ranks for you in your career. Actually play in probably top two. And it reminded me of Grand Slam game in 2012, how I felt on the field. Things were just falling into place, as in timing-wise, being in the positions to make the tackles and the feeling after. And, you know, I got substituted, but the euphoria of winning the test match and pure emotion. I played rugby for quite a long time now. And, you know, there's massive highs like that was. But like I said, the last time I felt like that was 2012 in a Welsh jersey. So it shows you like there are massive highs, but the rest of it, there's massive lows as well. And I've been through sort of the, the grind of the mill of having a few bumps and bruises along the way. And that you don't obviously have not many people see what you have to go through to get back to them high. So um, when you have it, you, you want to savour it. So um, yes, yeah, it was a special talk. Yeah, how many people have come back as often as you have? This summer was maybe an unexpected sort of return. Now suddenly people are looking at the World Cup. But over your career, how often have you been written off at international level, do you reckon, through injuries? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> right right from the very beginning onwards, people didn't expect you to come through. Yeah, the- I don't know. You know, obviously I had a tough injury to start my career. I probably sort of set me up as in not like injury after injury but it certainly give me a grounding and give me that desire to know what I want to try and achieve in my career and every setback I've had always sort of reflect back to then and, and you know it was a tough time then and you know sort of give me character to push on and so every time I've had a setback I'm like well I've done it once the real tough way I definitely can do it again and and again and again. So um, I'm not delusional in thinking I'm going to play forever, but as long as I still got the want and the sort of smile on my face to get up and go to work every day, then I'll carry on doing it till they tell me there's no contract left for me. But yeah, it's just um, I've enjoyed my career, even though it's been up and down. But if I didn't enjoy it, I definitely would have hung up my boots a long time ago. And that's really interesting to hear. Lots more next week, including some special interviews from New Zealand. But until then, from the Welsh Rugby Union podcast, goodbye.